Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Flight School Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Turner Medlicott, joined as always by Adrian Walker and Jonah Lossi. Jonah sporting the amazing Miami Vice look uh, right now. But Jonah, you, you've had some pretty exciting stuff happen to you. How, how you how you doing, bud? Oh, it's all right. I, I came, went on a vacation, so I thought I'd come back strong. Uh, yeah, for basically the main reason I missed the last pod is that I went ahead and purchased a home for some reason. Decided to take my savings and say, let's just not have to pay rent ever again. Um, and uh, you know what? It's been amazing. I have an office that will slowly change over the next two weeks to what, get it to my liking. And uh, yeah, it's just felt amazing. I've had such good support from you guys and my entire family and a bunch of my other friends. It's just made everything a lot easier, yet immensely chaotic for the last week and probably the next couple months. Ladies and gentlemen, we're referring to to him as as Wona now because he just take, took a big fat W. Uh, but Adrian, uh, on the flip side, how how you doing? Why does it have to be on the flip side? I'm also so, doing good. Yeah, I everyone. Saw you put before we started recording the pod. I saw you stick a paper sign to your door saying that you were recording. That's that's the difference. I have to do it. <laughs> I'm not a homeowner. That. I was there a week ago, literally, so don't worry about it. I'm not a homeowner. Not even close. (laughs) Hey, hey, we we all doing good. Uh, I'm over here double-dosed, so I'm I'm, I'm liking life. Um, But what I don't like to get into the the talk of the day is the fact that the NFL is going to have a 17-game season this year. That's terrible. Why? Like... Is, is there an actual reason why why this is a thing? Yeah, shareholders. <laughs> yeah, money. hundred percent money. Yeah, but like, why? What, you got to does anything yourself, happen? Yeah, you don't. I was have about to, to say you have to ask yourself that when it comes to the NFL particularly. Why has yeah. anything been done in the last twenty years, especially yeah. under the reign of Roger Goodell, who is kind of a terrible person and turns a blind eye to all you know nefarious activity that actually doesn't damage the league's image. He is in the pocket of the owners. The, the owners love Roger Goodell because they, he kind of does whatever they want. And yep. 17 games means one additional home game for some people or, you know, another primetime game. That's a whole nother week of revenue. Um, I don't know what the hell it's going to mean, really. And it doesn't really matter because in the NFL, players don't can't really rest because games are too important. One game throws an entire season. One kick throws an entire season. It's not like the NBA or the MLB where players can rest for a month and it's kind of fine. It's going to be really fascinating, but I hate it just like you do. It it To me, it's just another game where injuries can happen and, and ruin the product of the late season and the playoffs. Um, and, like, I just don't think it's going to carry any more excitement through the season than 16 games did. Like, um I, I don't know and i don't think anybody knows like people who play I mean, this is very minor but like people who play fantasy football like are people going to move their seasons back or, or are people going to be scared that a bunch of teams are going to rest their players week 17 or week 18 i guess now since we'll still have buys um i don't know i'm not a fan i guess we'll get used to it but i kind of hope they they reduce it but i don't think they will because and you didn't even mention the issue with records 
That's why you've had big issues with the MLB when they've changed uh, the past the history. It's because that's why kind of MLB record books are kind of a sham a lot of the time between segregation, changes of the rules, completely flipping everything in the mid nineties. Like it's so hard. That's why people don't talk about records as much in major league baseball versus the NFL. It's kind of really important. I mean, that's why Drew Brees is considered at such a high tier as he is. And, you know, other than winning, it, it's kind of the main marker for a lot of people. That's why they love the NFL. It's so basic. It's such a stat league and it's going to throw it all out of whack with just one extra game. It's just, it doesn't seem necessary. And I know 99.9% of the players probably hate it too. Yeah. I mean, that's I the biggest thing that, that I think annoys me is that even though we all realize that the NFL is not, a play like it should be a player first league it should be a player driven league it's not it's controlled by Goodell and the owners um it's pretty much how it's been uh but you would think that especially if you look at the NBA this past year and how they tried to rush things back it's not the exact same scenario but by having one extra game you're putting more players at injury risk um and it's it just doesn't seem smart in any way, shape, or form, with the exception of it provides more revenue um, for the teams, shareholders, owners, et cetera. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. There's not much more to say but other than it, it stinks. Um, but, I, again, I think it's sort of a change that's here to stay because they're going to see extra money, and that's what's going to be the standard. Um, the only hope is maybe the extra money can be translated over to the players over time. Um, but we're also going to see uh, full stadiums, apparently, according to Roger Goodell. So, again, um, it's about the money. Um, I, is that up to him? I don't, I don't know. But he, he did make the comment, uh, I think, today um, that he uh, – looked and said he expects and is hopeful that you can get full um stadiums well you uh, expect expect i'm expecting full stadiums if we're being honest like i'm not saying i want it but i'm expecting that at this point however i still think that is up to the, is a state-by-state state basis i mean we've seen how the nba struggled you know adam silver wants to open up stadiums for revenue if they could but um i think that is fully up to state by state basis but as we've seen i think north carolina just went to 50 percent like two weeks ago so the fact that they're doing that i couldn't imagine we won't be there six months from now so we'll see but i I, i'm hopeful that it it's bright enough that we have that we get to open up 100 percent capacity and it would be exciting it would it'd be an uplifting thing for sure um I don't but, really care about the NFL. If we're at 100% capacity, that means Sam Howe gets to uh, play in front of 55,000 stands, 50,000 people in Keenan, and that a potential top 10 Tar Heel team could be selling out every game. That's what I'm excited about, but we can get yes. to that on the next pod. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. Um, outside of that in the NFL, that was pretty much it. Uh, my, my Cardinals signed Malcolm Butler. I'm very excited about that. Um, basically just a, a same type of player as Patrick Peterson, but I think better at this point in his career. So I'm happy about that. We finally got a cornerback. Um, enough said. 
Uh, and then the other big news out of this week in the NFL was the Dolphins just absolutely shoring up uh, draft uh, revenue uh, in future draft picks by trading down, um, trading their third overall pick to the Niners and getting the 12 overall pick and then trading that 12 overall pick back up to the sixth overall pick to the Eagles. Um, and when all said and done, they got, they turned their number three overall pick this year into the sixth overall pick and three future first round picks, um, which that's the way to do it. Um, especially if they weren't going to get a quarterback um, and they can still get a really quality top 10 uh, player. Um, and I don't really get why the 49ers did it, to be quite honest. Um, I think it means two things. I think it means, A, um, the 49ers are, again, there's a lot of other moving pieces, as you guys talked about last week. The 49ers are out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes is what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I don't think they have enough draft capital with just the third overall pick to trade for him. Um, Miami even, I don't know if they have enough anymore, given that they gave up the third overall pick. It's a very confusing move, but it also means teams might be kind of moving away from that. Um, I think the 49ers know they're not getting their franchise quarterback they want via trade. So they're trying to get their guy and maybe it's Trey Lance. Maybe it's Sack Wilson. Maybe they know some Intel knowing they're going to get their guy at three. And honestly, if you got your guy, go for it. And we've seen how many times it's worked, you know, whether it's trading up and getting somebody top five or a chief situation where you, someone slides to like 11 um, and you do it draft night, but finding your guy and going for it. Sometimes you get Pat Mahomes. Sometimes you get Mitch Trubisky, who I still think has a lot of potential, but they traded the number pick, two pick to do it. So yeah, we'll see. Um, it's a risky, risky, risky move by the 49ers and, I personally don't like it very much because I don't know if I like any quarterback in the draft that much to risk that much, except for maybe if Trey Lance fell. But it, it, even then, I y'all, that seems silly. Y'all, uh, y'all believe them when they say like they did that and they were like, no, like Jimmy G is still our dude. Y'all believe a word of that? I don't believe Jimmy G is still there. I mean, I believe <laughs> I mean, that Jimmy G is their dude until further notice. Yeah. No, I think that's the thing. It's it's the same sort of thing with like the get Jared Goff. They asked him about his. It's not as bad, but they asked him about Jared Goff, and they're like, Jared Goff is a member of the Los Angeles Rams. Period. Like that's that's not that's a, a false statement. <laughs> right this very moment, Jimmy G is their guy because there's no one else on that roster that would be. The Bears just put a Photoshop of Andy Dalton up that said QB one, and I don't think they're too stoked about that. I don't think that's something they're planning on for three years, but. Jimmy Garoppolo is a fine quarterback. He's just not a star, and he never will be. Um, yeah. I, he, but he, I mean, obviously, rock with him. I, I would be blessed to have him if I was that franchise just because he is a capable quarterback, but he's not going to win the Super Bowl. No. Um, yeah, that <laughs> that tweet by the Bears was the saddest, like, flex, or not even flex of all time. Want to be flex. <laughs> It's like it's like the it's it's like the social media users are like actually really good at Twitter and they were like I don't know big like Cody Ko and Noel Miller fans and they listened to No Flex and they were like oh well, you know it would be funny if we put up Andy Dalton No Flex we got Andy Dalton's QB one baby let's go and it's like yeah you're right that's not a flex good good luck good luck Bears like I don't know that's the saddest franchise right now I mean. 
newly sad. I mean, the the Lions. I say new, newly sad, one. but we knew we knew it. Yeah, we we knew it was coming. Um, but that's it. I mean, brief NFL news. Not as wild as as all the free agency and stuff we had a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we need to get off of that because what was wild was the NBA. Um, and we knew this coming in. We talked about it last week. Um, trade deadline is always crazy. Um, it's never been this crazy. Um, I literally, I think it was it was record breaking the number of moves that were made on on trade day. Um, Forty five trades, a, I believe, which number is an all time record. The the crazy thing about that, before we get into it, is that the previous record I think was in twenty fifteen, where uh, Javale McGee was traded um, from the Denver Nuggets. And uh, this year, in another record-breaking year, JaVale McGee was traded to the Nuggets, uh, which is just like the craziest thing in the world. Um, also, fun fact about this trade deadline is that every dude named Gary that's in the NBA right now got traded. There's like three or four of them. Every dude named, named Gary got traded. Uh, <laughs> so a fun, a fun, fun trade deadline. Um, but I think we should just start with, what I think was probably the most surprising trade of the day, uh, which was uh, Vucevic being traded from the Magic um, along with, uh, you know, Al Farouk Aminu um, to the Bulls uh, in return for Wendell Carter, Otto Porter, and uh, two first-round picks in 2021 and 2023. Uh, um, I don't think any of us are expecting that at all. Um, Is that good for the i mean it's good for the bulls but is it like actually good long term for the bulls it depends what you're looking for uh because if you are a diehard fan it's great move because Wendell carter was sputtering and he kind of needed a change of uh, fresh air auto porter has done absolutely nothing for them this year due to injury and amongst other things their top four protected picks i believe in 21 23 you're not risking too hell of a lot and you give your all-star that you're trying to re-sign a chance to make the playoffs and make a legitimate push to be a seven or six or seven seed as a fan that kind of used to be a fan of the bulls, but got kind of so sick with them because of their mediocrity and their mismanagement and their horrible coaching styles and their mistreatment of star players. I kind of, I hate it because it means they are fighting for a six seed. And that's the best they're going to be because Zach Levine isn't a winning basketball player, at least not in terms of he's not a star. He's not going to win a championship as your number one guy because let's be honest, that's what he'll be. Uh, I think it's a losing effort in terms of you're not trying to rebuild. Vucevic is 30 years old in the prime of his career, having a great season. But the line. after Lonzo Ball, but without completing a trifecta of trades, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me to be um, a fighting ball of mediocrity. That's just, that's my opinion. Yeah, the biggest thing for me, I think I say this a lot, is timeline. I think whenever teams uh, pull off trades, they should always, always, always look at their timeline, uh, especially with the players that they currently have on their roster. Vucevic doesn't seem to fit their timeline unless their goal is to be a five or six seed and that be the peak of, of what they want to be. 
And I mean, if that's what they want to be, then fine. But uh, then you're setting yourself up to be a middling franchise for the next three years. And then after that, you go into a rebuild and that doesn't please anyone. That doesn't make any of the fans happy. That just means you're a little bit better than you were. Um, I think it's a much better trade for the Magic than it is the Bulls because the Magic finally were able to trade Vucevic and they're finally setting themselves up where they can create a timeline. They have a bunch of young players and they're setting themselves up with draft stock and and the like. My issue is I think they could have gotten a little bit more still. For Vooch, I, feel like I, I agree. I yeah. don't. I think Otto Porter is a throwaway. I think he's a, a heavy deal for an average player. I think Wendell Carter is a low floor, medium ceiling guy, um, and you never know with two pick. I mean, I agreed with trading him. I just don't. I think they got the best package available. Um, no, and I. I wonder how much of that was based off of the fact that it seemed that that morning everybody in the world knew that the magic were about to just offload everyone. And when you're in that position, like you can definitely get some return for your trades, but I think, you know, the rest of the league knows you're just trying to get rid and rebuild there. You're not going to get as good of a trade. Maybe, uh, but I, I think it was poignant that he was the first one to go. Cause that indicated that had they gone ahead that's, and that's sent fair. out Fournier, they would have known, Oh, they're, popping shit but and they that would have tanked their best player's trade value but they traded their best player first so that because i on it's my honest opinion that if they don't trade vooch they don't trade fournier because they didn't really get much out of fournier and if you're going to no. keep vooch there's no reason just to completely tank and i think aaron gordon was on his way out you can see he was sitting away from teammates during games and so it's like that was the writing was on the wall for that one um I just think they got solid capital better than nothing, which is what they were look staring at the face at was nothing. And we've seen how many teams have had to deal with that with their star players leaving, but boy, you know, you get a sky, a 20 point score, you get two second round picks warm. You get an all-star center and you get an average backup center, a kind of a throwaway piece and two protected firsts. It's like, eh. I feel like they got a good deal, but not good enough, in my opinion. Especially considering they could have they they did a fire sale, and I feel like they got you know, Presty got more than all that combined from one player. <laughs> my my personal opinion on it is, if you're gonna do big trades and if you're gonna tank your team, like if you're gonna try and restart, do it during the off season. Um, not only does this I, I agree with Jonah. I don't think they got a lot for what they gave away. But it also tells your players that are still on the Magic for the rest of the season, what's the point in playing? Why why would you keep playing? Why would you keep giving effort? Well, um, the best thing about them, though, is all those players you say, why do you keep playing? They are Markel Fultz. He doesn't need any, you know, now he's not going to play this year. Well, he's most hurt, likely, yeah. But he's out. But Cole Anthony is another one. And isaac hopefully a couple of these guys get back mo bamba mo bamba hasn't gotten time on the floor and they just traded away their all-star center you know mo bamba's gonna be playing like for reckless band the rest of these guys are young except for terrence ross who he blew up on twitter <laughs> i love terrence ross always have ever since i learned that he was like a 2k cheat code and like 2k 16 he is an absolute 2k I cheat code in 2k love... 14 15 16 yeah love so... using that man in 2k 
So he, he's a great piece, and I've I've liked him since then. But you know, he did the he thought he was going to get traded, and then he didn't. So he threw out the "I'm the captain now" gif, and like, yeah, I, I I appreciate that man. But I I I think the Magic gave themselves future, and they gave themselves hope, which is something they had franchise has probably not had since the mid '90s. Well, Dwight Howard years, late 2000s, but it's been a, it's been 14 years. Yeah, and I mean, um, I agree. I just, I think they could have done better if they had waited till the off season. That, that's my personal. Opinion. Well, the issue is, they were had to, they had to trade Fournier because he had was expiring. Um, and if you trade Fournier, that's your number two. Uh, that's your number two guy, and you're not going to win anything. And so you you knew this off season was going to be ridiculous. You might as well try to land your players, and also it shows good faith. To you didn't have to like sit Aaron Gordon and let him pout for six months. He didn't force him to do an Aaron, a James Harden situation. It's surprisingly a lot of players. It, it is big if you accommodate to your players' needs. They sent Aaron Gordon to a, a great team that he's yeah. going to win. Um, I think he's going to be thankful for the uh, for the the franchise for doing that for him. Um, I mean, same. I mean, Vucevic isn't on a great team, but Vucevic is at least going to be on a team that's going to be vying for a playoff spot now. Um, so Bulls put up a picture of him wearing a bull shirt when he was a kid too. So how about that? Yeah. So, I mean, th- that, that was cool. And I, th- I, we should just mention, I think we should move on to the Aaron Gordon trade. Um, that was sort of the, what was going to be expected as the biggest deal from the magic on the day. Um, they traded him and Gary Clark, uh, to the nuggets for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, uh, and another first round pick in 2025. Um, that's really cool for Aaron Gordon. That's fantastic fantastic for the nuggets um i we can get into this i think more after we we recap the the bigger trades but i i think the nuggets were definitely one of the winners of the trade deadline as far as teams that were already good getting better Um, i mean i think this is the biggest trade of the trade deadline i think it's the most impactful absolutely Um, because if you if you look at what aaron gordon is he's not going to be good enough to be a number one or number two, not even close, but he's a, he's a good enough number three. And that's, that's what I felt like the nuggets needed. They don't have a legit number two, in my opinion, in Jamal Murray, but if you have a number one and Jokic, and then you have a high, a number three and a number three and Murray and Gordon, and then you have a, a ton of depth. I think they set themselves up to now once again, be, legit in the playoff picture i i agree um and i think gordon is also a great fit for that team because he he's y'all can correct me if i'm wrong but i believe he's shooting his best three-point percentage of his career um and the nuggets are definitely a team that wants to space the floor because i mean like that's how you win when you have a dude like Jokic um who can facilitate and distribute from the post um like he can um and uh, yeah, it, it was the biggest trade of the, the trade deadline. I think Gary Harris had kind of, Gary Harris is still fine, but I think he kind of fallen off of his trajectory. Um, and, and you're, you're just getting a, a great third option, like you said. Um, and I think the Nuggets have only improved since their, their poor start to this season. And I think this is going to make them probably a contender for um, the, you know, three seed. Um, in the West, if we're being honest, especially with the you know the Lakers, like we said, um, being kind of out of the mix right now. 
Um, so you're right. Absolutely the biggest trade of the trade, trade deadline. Well, what's good for uh, Aaron Gordon, too, you call him a three option, but he's not really. Like, he's more of tied for third amongst all the other starters. I mean, you look at the starting lineup that night. I would say Porter goes and finds the shot more than Gordon does. Um, I would say Will Barton definitely finds the shot more than he does. I think Gordon is going to be the third option, not because he's going to be an ISO guy or they're going to give him the ball. It's because Jokic is so unbelievably good that Gordon's just going to be running free, tearing down the lane and getting dunks like half the damn time. I really think he's going to score a lot of points easy, um, which is going to be a big confidence booster, maybe get that field goal percentage up, which he's been desperately looking after. Um, It makes him from being the guy to being a forgotten guy to being the one of the most flexible options in the NBA where how good this can, can this guy be? We're going to see now because he's got maybe the best passer in the damn league as his center um, taking, eating up space too. If he doesn't excel now, then who knows? I mean, he started days after his, after the trade, he started um, game one. So obviously they have faith in him. And I, and I think people also forget, we talked about this uh, off air, but, Aaron Gordon's still not even in his, in his prime years, as you consider. He's like 25? NBA. I think he's 25. Yeah, he's 25. Bare, barely 25. Uh, he, kid's been in the league for a while, and I think that sort of overages some players. Um, and I, I think this is a great next step to sort of elevate his game as he moves into the prime of his career. Um, so great, great trade there, I think. Um, moving down the list, we also had uh, – I was sort of surprised. Um, maybe I was out of the loop, but we had Rajon Rondo being traded from the Hawks to the Clippers uh, for Lou Williams, uh, some second rounders in 2023 and 2027, um, and some cash. Um, I feel like I have heard both sides um, say they, they won the trade. Um, I think it's maybe good in some ways for both teams. I don't. It's obviously not as impactful as the uh, two other trades we mentioned. Um, but who do we think actually gets, uh, like, improves the most from this trade? It literally makes no difference for either team. Well, I mean, I, think, I, don't think, I don't think there's going to be much improvement from either side. Well, I don't think there's a ton of improvement, but it just changes the philosophy. And that's why I think long-term, the Clippers win because they got assets. They got capital for a, for a player an, an aging player but he's a score and rondo isn't it just seems really weird but it's also rondo's a defender and the will isn't and so it's just like i don't know exactly what they're doing maybe you know lou will was not outstanding in the playoffs last year and rondo won a championship maybe it's as simple as getting some tricks and tips on how to handle the lakers i don't really know um i think it's more of a mentality shift than it is talent because Rondo is a cutthroat leader more so I'd say than Paul George, even um, I would say he Rondo is probably the number two ego on that team. Now um, in terms of respect, Rondo is a guy that walks into a room and you're like, shit, like he does yeah. that to almost everyone yep. in the NBA and it's got him in trouble a lot. Um, I don't think I haven't heard anything like that from him in a while, which is good news. Seems like he's maturing, and I'm happy for him because I've always liked Rondo. Um, he's a ball handler more so than Lou Will, like a traditional PG. So 
I don't know. It's weird. Like like you, Turner, it kind of caught me off guard. But in hindsight, it makes perfect sense because they are looking for that more savage mentality that Kawhi had in Toronto. And they haven't really had it in L.A. They have were more cocky than they were confident. So I feel like one of the trades, this next trade, maybe, maybe it's just me again, but I feel like this trade, because of what we thought it would have been, um, with you know Kyle Lowry being on the trade edge for so long, but Oladipo to the Heat, I feel like is is a bigger deal than I guess people are talking about. God, um, the Rockets suck. They're so bad. They the Harden trade looks so so terrible now. I don't have exactly what they got out of it, but they got Jack Squat out of the Harden trade. Um, but Oladipo is traded to the Heat. Uh, for Kelly Olynyk, that's a snooze. Avery Bradley, love the guy, but he's you know been hurt and kind of is, is past his productivity. Um, and a 2022 pick swap, which again, I love the fact that Karis Levert was in in that trade and discovered he the tumor. on him for no reason. But like, what now? I really want to know why. They had to trade that man because they could have just had Karis Levert. And I know we and talked Jared about Allen and Jared, and Jared Allen. Allen. And I know we we talked about the timeline, and I don't need to get into that again. But the Rockets are, are terrible. But I am happy that Oladipo is going to be playing for um, a contender in the East, and I think it's a good fit for the Heat too. Before we get to Oladipo's fit, Adrian, how does it feel that Sam Presti has just tortured the Rockets for two straight years after everything seemed to be in shambles in OKC? Presti's moved behind the background. They've kind of screwed him over with the Russ trade. Not that Russ was that bad. It's just the Rockets mishandled it. And then, oh, well, we're going to take Paul and picks. It's like, okay, well, now we're going to trade Paul, get more picks. Oh, you trade Russ for wall and nothing cool and then they trade away Harden and they fall apart and they're just and he's just been there just kind of like picking up loose change how does it make you feel that Presti's just kind of rolled over the Rockets and made them self-implode well um I think I'm pretty clear and that I'm not a big fan of the Houston fan base um so every time that I see that the Rockets are screwing up it, it makes me smile just, just a little bit. Um, and, and the fact that Sam Presti and OKC have benefited as a result just adds to that, that little smile that that's happening in my heart. Um, but honestly, the Rockets are so bad. I don't feel like we should even waste words on them. Um, nope. <laughs> because I, I think the Miami Heat adding Victor Oladipo is the big, big thing here. Oh, it's big. I think it could be huge, honestly. It gives them another alpha, a yeah. scoring alpha. Which yeah, they, and they've needed that badly. That's what they were missing in last year's finals. They really, really were. Um, they had nobody else other than Jimmy. And I think now Oladipo has not found form in what felt like years because of injury, mind you, but he hasn't. I mean, let's be real. He has not looked very good, and he's never been a consistent ball player. I don't want to be a hypercritical, but he's just never put up stats like that. Yeah, I agree. I think it could, I think I, it could be a very similar to the Harden situation where you saw somebody in Houston who hated their life and they wanted to go somewhere the whole time and they forced their way there. And then, oh man, they showed up to practice at 4 a.m. today. 
parents they're <laughs> leaders they're going to extra conditioning they're talking they're they're talking with the young guys it's like where was this the whole time that's all we asked of you and all of a sudden happy happy depot means that positive and productive depot is coming back out i kind of fully expect to see that once he gets back out that's and that's exactly how i feel because i mean you look at it he was averaging still 20 points five rebounds three assists something along those lines I mean, that's not bad production, but he wasn't doing it consistently. And I mean, the past couple of years, he struggled to find consistency and just getting on the court. And when you struggle to find consistency in terms of minutes and such, and then you can't create a rhythm. And I think not only is Victor Oladipo going to benefit from going to a situation that he wanted to go in for the past two years, it seems like, and he's going to find some consistency. He's also going to benefit from the heat culture. I know that um, it's something words. I, I, I know it's something <laughs> that some people hate to hear and some people love to hear, but I, I do think it's real. I think Eric Spolstra's coaching and, and especially Jimmy Butler's attitude sets a precedent for that team. And I think Oladipo will benefit as such. I, I'm not, I was not a unique, this was not a unique take, but I said I wanted Blake's first points in his first game to be a dunk. And, and they were. And they were. I'm not saying I was the only one that said that, but I like to believe that I can will things into existence. So I want, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be his first points, but in Depot's first full game, I want his breakaway 360 dunk. That's that's what that's all I want. <laughs> I want to go back to his Indiana days. I want him to give me the 360 again in Dade County and just bring the dang house down because you know Florida lets in like 80 percent or whatever now. So <laughs> I I honestly I love it. I not the biggest fan of the Heat, but I do appreciate that dog mentality. Um, I love Jimmy Butler so much. Um, I really, really do. I was sad that they didn't get Lowry. Really, I wanted Lowry to go somewhere. I yep. we guys, we guys got we we, we jawed back and forth um, on trade deadline because I wanted to go to Philly for both the story aspect and because Philly's my team. But I just wanted him to leave because God, Toronto's kind of boring right now and it's frustrating me. And I want yeah. Lowry to get in a winning situation. And I well, thought that's exactly what he would be either in Philly or um, or, uh, or or Miami. And I guess we just move into it. I mean, we saw the night before the trade deadline, Kyle Lowry giving the peace sign to the camera. I think that dude totally thought he was being traded too. He was emotionally um, ready at the very least. Yeah, it's and, it, and like uh, like Mina Kimes pointed out, it's like when you you say goodbye to your friend when you're out somewhere. And then you turn to go back to your car and then you realize you're going the same direction as your friend. It's kind of awkward for a bit. Like that's, that's Kyle Lowry on the Raptors right now. It's just kind of like, eh, I was kind of ready to go, but I guess we're tagging along now. Um, yeah. I'm really disappointed. He didn't get moved. Um, I know my Lakers were in the mix. Um, they were stupid was... is what they were. My thing is why would the Lakers try to trade for Victor Oladipo? I d- Mm. they got they traded they could have got him for nothing they could have they literally traded depot for nothing they could have even just they could have done caruso for depot straight up and it probably would have taken it probably i don't i don't know whether (laughs) whether they just 
knew he wasn't going to be happy anywhere than Miami. I, I don't know. I don't know why we didn't go over after Depot. And then with Lowry, if we were prepared to trade away Dennis Schroeder, who's the third best player on our team right now, um, and KCP, who I think is is a tradable piece, but definitely an impactful role player um, that's, that's pretty tied into our success last year at least, um, but not Taylor Horton Tucker, a 20-year-old with promise, but is never going to be more than a role player in the NBA. And I, I like Taylor Horton Tucker, but like, why was he the holdup? You're gonna if you're focused on winning now, which you should be if you have LeBron on your team. <laughs> why aren't you trading for Lowry? I think it's Lee? very much the Kuzma thing from two or three years ago. I mean, <laughs> they I they are I don't overvalued. I, mean, I, I I'm definitely still confident in the team. Uh, based on you know recent events, and we'll, and we'll get into that. But I was I was baffled that that was hanging up the Lakers. Um, outside of that, I really wanted him to go to the Heat. I think I mean Adrian really wanted him to go to the Heat. Um, Jonah, of course, wanted him to go to the Sixers. But I I would have been happy honestly with with any of the three. Um, I think he would he would have fit in and, and had success with any three of those teams. Um, and the fact that he wasn't traded. Is, is really baffling to me because ev- almost everyone was sure he was going to. Um, but I, I don't know. It is what it is. The Lakers still got Drummond, so you're fine. <laughs> well, we'll get to that, though. The Raptors, though, I, I do want to point out, Raptors did trade Norman Powell. Um, for, That's weird. For... Yes, but, I mean, that... Why, why trade Powell? I, Jonah, I think, tweeted this, actually. Why trade Powell and then not trade Kyle Lowry? That makes yeah, like legitimately zero sense. That makes getting, no sense at all. You're getting like, worse. I love like, that trade if they trade Lowry because yes. Gary Trent is yeah. younger. And you know, it's great for the Trailblazers. But Norman Powell, what did he drop 42 <laughs> a couple months ago? Like, yes. Cat's yep. balling this year. I, I like that guy a lot. I've, I've been. I've actually loved Norman Powell for like four years. He's been one of those guys that kept my eye on. He just gets better every year. Um, I'd say he's almost as much as valuable as Pascal Siakam at this point, given he is a three and D wing. My goodness, like well, a lot of people are saying for... a lot of people are saying that Norman Powell is Victor Oladipo without the hype. That that's what you get. Better shooter than Depot ever has been, and that's by a long shot. I believe Depot has never. Depot's never shot like forty percent. I think he's season, has he? I think he's done it once, but barely. It was like forty point one percent. I'm I'm out here to I'm out here to yell at people. Let's see. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's see. Well, he is a career thirty four point eight percent three point shooter. He was bad early on. Uh, actually, he's not gotten any better. <laughs> <laughs> really from from three he was 33 percent 34 35 36 37 34 32 33 Whew. so his three-point shooting is not very good and his field goal percentage he shoots 44 percent on his career norman powell i'll pull up i guarantee i guarantee you this year i guarantee you this year norman powell has put up better shooting numbers well, than, than victor I, Lodipo has in his career y- y'all see that man, I forget what team he, he got traded. Yeah, he, he he forgot what team he was on whenever that the was uh, so fun. I mean, I don't Raptors and Blazers played. I mean, because it was like two games after they got yeah, traded. Like, 
he'll end up the wrong side of the tip ball. That that was great. And yeah, I think um, he shot. He, and meanwhile, Norman Powell shot uh, three forty percent from three. Uh, if you round up four times in his career, and he's currently shooting uh, forty four point six percent from three this season. So exactly. almost ten percent better than one of Depot's best seasons. So like they are, they're they're not similar. Well, because I'd say they're not even that different in height. I mean, Depot has more athleticism, but I like Norman Powell just as much. Really, I just think and it's that's... ridiculous that they traded him for such a solid prospect. But that's a building piece, not someone you win with right now. Powell's who you win with. He's literally on the championship winning team. So I don't. Right. It made no sense to me. I don't get it. I like it for the Trailblazers. I hate it for the Raptors, like you said, just because yeah. they didn't trade loud. Absolutely. And um, I like the Trailblazers, but they made me sad because they're never going to win anything. <laughs> probably not. But let's – okay, let's wrap up the trade stuff with y'all's teams because y'all's teams made some moves. Presty worked his magic. Not for any 2027 picks, though. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't get any 2027 second-round picks, but we did get more – uh, draft capital and and prospects from George Hill than the Rockets got from Victor Oladipo, um, so, including including uh, national champion Tony Bradley. Yeah, to pair alongside Justin Jackson, you know the most dynamic duo in the league. Um, I'll spare my words. I wrote like seventeen hundred of them uh, for the the website that I write for the lead. Um, I'll shout that out. I wrote a whole article about it. If y'all want to hear my full like <laughs> diagnosis of the whole trade situation, go ahead, go read it. Um, but I'll let Jonah kind of uh, speak what he has in mind. I, I was a little frustrated um, simply because Tony Bradley was actually looking pretty good. Now I love George Hill on the Sixers team. He's kind of right. exactly what they need. I think he's kind of, I've, I don't know, poor man's Kyle Lowry, honestly, kind of a very similar kind of uh, aspect, not as much leadership, but I don't think he's, he's not as old. Um, he brings a lot, he brings shooting. He brings a good ball handler for when Ben Simmons is either injured or uh, resting off the floor. Um, I think it is an improvement for the team, but I think it is betting a lot on Joel Embiid just being healthy. Um, and it's just kind of odd because we don't really have a backup other than Dwight. Now, now if Joel is, I guess they're betting on the idea that if Joel is healthy, you win. And if without Joel, you don't win anyway. So there's don't, no point for depth. Um, and I, they're betting on that. And I respect that. But I was just very saddened to see Tony Bradley leave after excelling. He had two, two multiple it's, games where he had double digits and was looking actually pretty dang good. Especially um, after um, Embiid was like, build a franchise around this man. Yeah, no. The OKC fans should be happy. They got the, they got their corner, very quarter, happy. quarterstone piece now. Very, very much happy. so. They, they, got, they got Justin Jackson, Dort, Shea, and Tony Bradley. I mean, that's literally a championship team in its own right so um, <laughs> give it give it three years and uh <laughs> no it's i it was more disheartened disheartened cheer i was like ah i guess like i was <laughs> like yeah man oh well okay cool i was i, I happy the team my team got better but i always hate when tar heels are traded away from my teams it just it's so painful it's like kind of how i see it. i still support the bulls just out of like almost spite and I can feel a Kobe White trade coming this offseason. Yeah, like, I feel it's it just, too. It's making yep. me very sad. And he's been benched and he's not playing super well. Um, that's making me really disheartened. 
Um, the Sixers saved Tony Bradley, though. I can say that. They they traded for him from the Pistons, so at least yes. they did that. Yes, and I did. guarantee you he's going to get minutes on OKC. He's oh, yeah. get a lot of minutes in OKC. Plus, so. plus y'all still got uh, the the championship formula that is Danny Green and yeah. the other Tar Heels. So. The green light bacon soda himself. I, I Yeah, no, I'm a big fan. I mean, he's he's my favorite star in the league still, other than Kobe. But yeah, Danny Green's been my guy since day one. So I'm happy they have him. But when I was a Bulls fan back in the day, I think they had let's see, they had Dunleavy, Boozer, Dang, um, and well Heinrich played for Kansas, and like it was like all all these Dukies and no Tar Heels, and I was just the one sad boy, and I just don't want that to ever happen again. And they, you know, we traded. JJ Reddick for Danny Green over two years. So we're still okay. We're all right for now. You're still okay, all, right. But... <laughs> all right, Turner, set us up for the, the big thing that we're going to have to all get heated on. Probably. I know, right? Um, so after all that trade, of course, we had some buyouts. Um, the two, the one that I think we predicted forever was Dre Drummond. Uh, he got bought out. He signed with my Lakers. Um, also one, I guess people saw, but I was a little surprised by, um, that it actually happened. LaMarcus Aldridge was bought out by the Spurs and he signed with the Nets. Um, there's a lot to say on this, uh, from my perspective as a Lakers fan, which there's so many of us, I know there's not much more to say. Obviously it's a good signing. We need depth desperately right now to survive the stretch of the, the season. Um, uh, Montrose Harrell went down the other night. Wes Matthews went down the other night. LeBron, like we're, we're pretty thin right now. And, and moving forward, I mean, Andre Drummond is a rebounding machine. Um, he's a force in the paint. Um, I really like that for my Lakers pick. Uh, you know, I, I think it definitely helps us match basically what the Nets have been doing, which has been adding – Blake Griffin and adding LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, and I think Adrian, I- I'll let you speak to this more. I don't think LaMarcus Aldridge actually adds like a next level. Like he's not going to be the thing that wins them the championship. Um, but it has been such a crazy season to see so many former all-stars Um sign with the nets but what do they have like 43 combined all-star appearances? yeah i looked it up i looked it up they have 43 combined all-star appearances on their team um for comparison the warriors with kevin durant and demarcus cousins had 31 combined all-star appearances on that team it's absolutely insane um i mean lamarcus aldridge can do what he wants if he wants to get a ring that's cool um it's just not exciting. And, and, and I'd say the big difference between those, though, is that you were talking about four players all in their prime with Steph. Well, five Steph, Draymond, KD, Clay, and Cousins were all in their prime. Now, Cousins got hurt and that ruined his prime, but they were all in their prime. That's the difference. Right. It's kind of washed. Oh, I, I'm not. Back. I'm not comparing those two yeah. teams. I'm just giving the yeah. all-star appearances. Right. Well, and the, I'd say the reason that that it is so kind of wild is because Blake's past his prime and already had his all-stars. He's not making one now. Same with LA. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge way past his prime, but made a lot of all-star games like six years ago. 
So um, I don't think it helps as much. I think it, I mean, it's a nice piece. It just seems kind of odd and slightly redundant with Blake because it is weird because the four is the most reduced role in the entire uh, entirety of basketball. Fours don't really exist on most teams anymore. A traditional power forward. Like they just, they kind of don't. And that's what Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge are. And that's why it's so weird that they've, you know, piled up on like three of them. (laughs) So maybe they're just trying to resurrect a one through five lineup or something, but it's just kind of weird. And um, I I kept hearing LA to the Miami heat and um, it's just, I don't know. Y'all had a more visceral reaction than I did. I just thought it was a little lame. I I think I've calmed down and and, and gotten to to that point. And it's also hard for me to really speak on it because I like, it'd be hypocritical of me to be like, ah, man, these, you know, big teams getting, getting these older players or buyout players to to stack up. Like that's what the Lakers are doing right now. It's what they've done Um, for the past. They've done in the past. I mean, that's, I, I, I recognize this. Um, I think Jonah's right. It's not like they have six or seven current all-stars on their team or something like that. Um, and those guys are outside of their prime. It just, I don't know. They do have three, which is still insane, but no, it's still, they're still <laughs> insane. Um, I think the last thing that I'll say is I, it, it's definitely more so for the nets at this point than the Lakers, but it's still definitely for the Lakers too. If either of those teams don't make the finals, um, especially the nets, it, the slander is going to be off the charts. Um, I will say what's so funny is they picked up Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, such big names. You know who's more important? Bruce Brown. That's who's, who's more important to that team. Joe Harris. No, he's right. No, Joe <laughs> Harris is way more important. Yeah, and so I mean, like, these names are big, but, like, they're, I don't think they're really – I think they went from, like, a 93 to a 94. <laughs> like, I don't think they're that much improved. And that's why I I honestly was was happy. I saw the news, but I was honestly happier about the Drummond signing because I think the Drummond signing is a bigger move and a more significant addition to the Lakers than either Blake Griffin or LaMarcus Aldridge were for the Nets. Um, oh no, a hundred percent. Well, and that's you have to take into account with um, I mean, a German's a way bigger signing because he's he is a rebound vacuum, which is important. And he's also still only 27. I was about to say, that's the biggest thing. Who's 27? Those guys are way past their prime. He's just hitting it. And he's like just a better version of Tristan Thompson. And that's all LeBron needed in Cleveland. So, yep. I don't know. And it allows uh, AD to play more of the four that he likes whenever he gets a chance. So Yep. And much the last thing I'll, I'll say about my Lakers, and it lets us play Marcus Soul like, 15 to 20 minutes at the most because he's productive in very very short minutes he just does not have starting minutes left in the tank anymore um, and that's fine but like we needed someone to be the center that wasn't Marcus Gasol uh for the majority of the time um and we got that with Drummond um what did y'all think of um I first, first of all, I think we can all agree that KD's comments on on all of this are just hilarious. Like he just does not put up with anybody's trolling or like call, he's just like will go after anyone, doesn't care, loves the chaos. Um, I think it's hilarious. Um, 
But what what did y'all think about what Blake Griffin said? Because I I get where he's coming from. Um, for perspective, he was like, "Oh, you know, y'all are complaining about me now, but y'all said I was trash for two years." I I, I get what he's saying. Well, how did that that rub y'all? I could care less. Yeah, I I could care less about how Blake Griffin feels or thinks. Uh, similar with Kevin Durant. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely, I don't think that's going to change the attitude. Like outside perspectives aren't going to change the attitude of the team. No. Anything like that. The only thing that, that annoys me with this whole situation is that I felt like the NBA this year, at the beginning of the year, was set up to have its most parity for the first time in maybe this decade. Psych! I, I, I thought that's, <laughs> that's where we were headed this season. Um. And it's it's turned around again to where we have two teams who are asset loading, um, and and just, just that just sounds funny. <laughs> that <laughs> that are that are stacking um, as many star names on one roster as they possibly can, um, and then they're going to try and take those teams to the finals. And I I agree with you, Turner. I think especially if the Brooklyn Nets don't make it to the finals, but honestly the Lakers too. There's going to be slander like we've never seen before on Twitter. I We thought that the Paul George off the side of the backboard last season was bad. Twitter NBA Twitter will find a whole new level of extreme if the Brooklyn Nets don't make the final. No, I'm just I, – I, I'm waiting for him to heal up with his 19-year-old bones and pre- prepare for a uh, Denver Nuggets versus LaMelo Ball. And Hornets finals. I'm still, I'm still vying for it. Like I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. I need the two flashiest passes in the league going at it in the playoffs. I'm the here for it. it <laughs> Screw um, the Lakers. Yeah. Well, you know what are you gonna do? Screw um, the Lakers. Uh, Disney ring. I'm, Mickey I'm Mouse not, ring. Mickey Mouse ring. Mickey Mouse ring still a ring. Um. Is it? Yeah, when you're five. <laughs> okay, that that was good. Um, I think the last thing that, unless you have anything else to say about the Nets, I think we kind of set our piece on on them. Um, no, I want to get to my favorite player in the league. Yeah, I, I think we all need to. I think I was so disappointed, Adrian, that you didn't get to to see the game or see the the piling up of of the stat line of Russell Westbrook last night live. Like I saw that you said you had missed it. Uh, and that was I took such a one shame. night off from the NBA. I took one night off from the NBA for the and like Russell past Westbrook three weeks. dropped 35 points, 14 rebounds and 21 assists. Um, he is the only player in NBA history to ever have a 35, uh, 20 game. Um, he becomes the all time leader um, in 2020 games, surpassing Oscar Robinson and Magic Johnson for that record. Um, and reiterating what we said, I think, last week, I hate that he has to play for a bad team alongside Bradley Beal. Like, those, they're playing fun basketball, but they're on such a bad team. Well, I don't know even know if it's that fun. Like, it's they're fun not playing when fun basketball. They're, it's fun when they those two are on. But that's yeah, not that, fun that's basketball. more of what I mean. That's not fun basketball. That's like saying the Lakers play fun basketball when LeBron and AD score thirty. Like, no, that's oh fun. yeah, no, we don't. Play but fun it's basketball. not fun basketball. Um, 
I mean, Russell Westbrook is still a physically dominant force in the league, and, you know, that turned into a win. The only thing I will caveat, outstanding performance deserves all the praise. The one thing I will say is the Pacers look abysmal right now. And uh, Karis LeVert is getting his shots, but he hasn't integrated in that team yet, and that team wasn't very good before he got there, so it's kind of a trash heap. Um, the other thing I'll say is Adrian says he's taking, you know, it took one night off basketball and missed uh, Russell Westbrook's game, but he took tonight. He's he's recording this right now, and Russell Westbrook has a triple double in three three quarters. So, yeah, actually, I saw that. No, I've been keeping <laughs> up with that actually. Um, <laughs> and he's not watching that one either. So, oh, I'm not watching the game. Sorry that I'm talking about his one from yesterday. Oh, you just care about stats, and that's it. Sick, sick, sick. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that that's me. Uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, that really got me and Adrian tripping today by saying the least. Sorry, yeah, dude. no, I, I just you missed me. You missed me. I knew you did. I just... <laughs> I've just been nibbling on my apple on the side, just thinking of stuff I can say. Just you know, I just, I mean, there's, it there's be like that sometimes. There, there's really not much that I have to say about Westbrook that I don't say on Twitter. Um, so it. Obviously, it's a great performance. I really would just rather the Wizards win um, consistently or fire Scott Brooks or something. I don't know. I, I could care. I've seen enough historic Russell Westbrook stat lines that another one is great. And obviously, it's it's cool um, to, to see people praise him because it doesn't happen that often. Um, but I'd much rather see the Wizards find some consistency and try and work their way to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. There, Russell Westbrook isn't really worth more than 140 characters either. Um, what I will say is, no, I, I, in all, in all, 180, in all fairness, I know. I, <laughs> I haven't paid attention to Twitter since ni- like 1999, I guess. I don't know. When, when did tweets happen? Um, I will. You should be proud of me for one thing, though, uh, Adrian. I got my dad to watch the NBA with me, and well, he's as bummed out as the rest of the NBA because his favorite player to watch recently has been LaMelo. But his team is the Bulls, and so we've been watching a lot of the Bulls, and he loves Kobe, of course, because he's a Targo fan too. Right. It took half a season, and he already hates Billy Donovan. So, <laughs> <laughs> High fives. Yeah, because he was like, man, the, the young players just don't seem to be developing. I was like, isn't that interesting? <laughs> it took – it literally, literally in one season under Mark Dagono, the Thunder's all, like young core players – have developed absurdly compared to how they were playing under under Billy Donovan. Um, and meanwhile, uh, Billy Donovan is handling the Bulls. Wendell Carter is floundering. Kobe White is floundering. Laurie Markkinen is floundering. Who's prospering? Zach Levine. <laughs> Denzel Valentine still gets like 20 minutes a game. Like, yeah. I don't. Terrible. Anyway, back back to yeah, OKC. Okay, 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 well, to, I, I, this is this is just this is just a point. One one last thing that I'll say to to tack onto this: Russell Westbrook, his entire career has been coached by Scott Brooks, Billy Donovan, and Scott Brooks again. One one Martin season. Tony last one, year, right? one season under under D'Antonio, and he had his most efficient season of his entire career. Um. Yeah. So, I I I it's very frustrating because. When you have a talent, I, I know that some people don't like him, whatever. When you have a talent that that is Russell Westbrook and he gets squandered on coaches like Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan and Scott Brooks again, 
it 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 gets really really frustrating sometimes oh what man. you gonna do what what are you gonna do oh, i, I mean you had the same thing with brett brown and 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 ben simmons so oh yeah no well brett brown just he's trash but anyway <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i, <laughs> I think of that depressing uh, note of, of russell westbrook's career we're gonna go ahead and end this episode uh, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, follow us on Twitter at flight underscore pod. Uh, we'll be back at you on Friday with our college episode um, and Final Four preview and all that good stuff. But until then, um, stay safe out there and we'll see you later. Peace. See you.